This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, David, and tonight today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer team of Mason and Scott against Benchwarmer Eric and returning player Tucker Warner. Welcome back to the bench, uh, Tucker. Why don't you take a minute to remind us where you're from, what teams you root for, anything else you'd like to share, anything else you want to complain about, whatever you got. Sure thing. Uh, so I grew up in Virginia and I currently live in Brooklyn. Uh, my teams are the nearby New York Yankees, the Carolina pro teams, which have seen their better days. And of course, my beloved Yukon Huskies and all sports. Uh, I really love this show and of course, sports trivia. So I'm happy to be back for my third game and uh, hopefully another win. Another win. You're two and oh so far. I can't remember actually if I lost the last one, but I got the win the first time. So, you know, I'd like to go above 500 if that's the case. Cling to that. I think that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, Eric, how are you doing tonight? And uh, why don't you uh, tell us what your and Tucker's team name is going to be, too? Uh, Yeah, good. Um, Got a little golf golf lesson today, you know, because I'm awful and I need the help. Um, (laughs) And um, today is, according to my targeted ads... Uh, that I get all the time. Today is National Basketball Jersey Day, and I'm celebrating by forgetting to wear a basketball jersey. <laughs> um, but I thought about it before I came downstairs, so it's a thought that counts. Um, before we started, uh, Tucker and I were reminiscing about some of the fabulous names that have come through the hallowed halls of, of Arlington Stadium and probably, to a lesser extent, a hallowed Yankee Stadium. And we hit upon one name that we thought would be great for a team name. So based on some dugout rapport he had with teammates, we decided to be Chad Curtis's dugout, or sorry, Clubhouse Playlist. Clubhouse Playlist. I love it. Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist. Very nice. All right. Only country music tonight from this team. Well, you you could work that into your answers and maybe you can regale us with your all, (laughs) all, all country songs. And by the way, you don't have to tell people that you're not wearing an NBA jersey. You could make up whatever you want and we play along. I mean, it's, it's all good as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's go to our other team, uh, Scott and Mason. Scott, why don't you go first and tell us how you're doing this evening? I'm good. I'm good. I don't really have too much going on. Um, it rained pretty badly here today. You know, they said when you move to Los Angeles, you don't need a raincoat or a hoodie or anything. You'll be fine. And that has been a total lie since I've gotten here. It's been raining a lot. So... People don't know how to act when it rains here, man. They freak out and it's crazy. So I, I'm constantly find myself just laughing at people because they don't know how to handle themselves with rain. So I spent most of my day just kind of doing that and looking at these people here uh, freak out and, and try to buy ponchos and everything they can, newspaper <laughs> and magazines over their head for raindrops. And I'm just like, come on, people, what's what's going on? So that's that's where I'm at. So I'm I'm a little cold. It's it's been a you know kind of a damp day, but hopefully uh, Mason and I get a win and we can brighten things up. Nice. Did you actually try to drive on the roads in LA when it was raining? Because that's another. I, when I've been out there and it's rained, people just they panic as if there's. Ice you don't on even want to. You don't even want to drive on the roads when it's not raining. Well, so, for sure. No, for definitely sure. not when it is. Yeah. All right, Mason. Why don't you tell us how you're doing and and give us a team name for you and Scott. Yeah, so I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, actually, in the midst right now, of making an answer key for 
uh, midterm. So that's fun. So it's midterm week as we're recording this. So we'll see. We'll see how they do. Kind of half full, half empty for both of them because I some of my classes I feel good about. Some of them not so much. But um, wait, you mean the kids but, in the class or the or the material for the class? Which one do you not feel so good about this? Uh, the kids doing well with material. Oh, I got <laughs> it. I got yeah. it. Hi. Okay, yeah. got it. I didn't have to confiscate a phone today, so that was fun. I'm not taking your phone, Scott. <laughs> Scott's hiding his phone. Very nice. Um, so our team name is based off of a suggestion from my girlfriend. Um, so it has a double meaning. So one is a video that she watched. It was a quote from Matt for some reason. Um, the second part is that uh, we went to Sonic this evening and she did not enjoy her food. <laughs> so I can, she used this term to describe it as well. Um, so our team name is the Wicked Wieners. And wait, Ed, where you are, because I've spent a lot of time in New England, Wicked is a compliment there. This is, I'm assuming you're not using it in a flattering way. You can take it yeah, any way you want. Is that what you're supposed yeah, to say? You can take it, you, you can take it as, as being awesome. But uh, yeah, it, it depends on your context. I also, I just want to throw out that pretty much anyone that eats a tonic is disappointed in, in their food. Yeah, so. I, I regret my decision. Great drinks, but yeah, they yeah, should maybe yeah. just do drinks. I regret my decision immediately once I got paid. So, yeah. Awesome. So we have got the Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist against the Wicked Wieners. Let's uh, let's do some trivia. All right. First, let's kick it over to Dan for the rules. We'll be starting off with the coin flip question to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. Styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see your today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true bench warmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. It's time for the coin flip. It's a 50-50 warm-up question that's worth 10 points. And since Tucker is our guest, the question will go to Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist. And the question tonight is this. Through Super Bowl 55, who has won more Super Bowls, current NFC teams or current AFC teams? The two big ones in the AFC are... So you got the Steelers and the Patriots there right. for, that's what, 12 between them? And then I can mm-hmm. get two big ones, the NFC being the Niners and Cowboys, and they've got five each. Five each. So yeah. 12 to 10 off the bat, but you know, 14 other teams in each conference still. So. Right. Well, Packers mm-hmm. have, what, four? They've got four, yeah. Um, um, trying to think multi-champions in each. The Raiders have a few. The Dolphins have a couple You know, in the AFC also. Just trying Chiefs to think who has couple. the most repeat champions. Yeah. Uh, see, Kansas City has two. Denver has three. Starting to think maybe it's the AFC. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards the AFC too. Yeah. I think I like that. Yeah. If we had, you know, an hour, I'm sure we could figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> right. After going through all the teams. But uh, <laughs> if we're estimating, I say uh, we go AFC. Yep. I like it. AFC it is. All right. Uh, well, the correct answer is actually the NFC, uh, and it is really close. It's actually twenty-eight to twenty-seven. I didn't realize, oh, wow. and I'm surprised they didn't. Nobody, nobody mentioned this when I was watching the Super Bowl last year that I remember. But it was twenty-seven, twenty-seven going into the Super Bowl last year, and the NFC pulled ahead thanks to the thanks to the Bucks. So it's within one. But uh, don't feel bad, Tucker, because it's early in the game, 
And heading into the first quarter, we have a score of the Wicked Wieners, keeping their mouths completely shut, get 10 points. And the Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist, yet to get on the board. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. So today's first quarter is going to be sporting haikus. Sporting haikus. For this quarter, there will be four questions in haiku form. Each question is worth 25 points. Question number one in sporting haikus. Chicago Sky Guard. Bro played five years with Rangers. Dad in Pedro trade. It, that's it. We're checked in. All right. The Wicked Wieners have checked in. So we go to Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist. Talk it out. Then I'm an idiot. <laughs> we had the answer a while ago. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. We're, I'm, an, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how her name can fit with that other name. So we've got yeah. So we knew you came up with the first name. We I figured out I the did. last. Well, I think you did. Yeah, I think you came up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we hit on Delino DeShields Jr. Uh, or DeShields or the DeShields. So we're going to I think we're going to check in with Diamond DeShields. All right. And the Wicked Wieners, what did you guys have? I we literally couldn't really think of anything. Trying to think of the Pedro trade, then tried to think of current Sky Guards. Neither of those were working. So I said to Mason, we probably just have to tackle this from Rangers players within maybe the last decade or so. Um, and then at the very end there, I just going through Rangers players in my head. I'm like, I don't think Kevin Mench has a sister that plays for the Chicago Sky. Um, and just going through players, I, I got to Delano DeShields Jr. And then remembered his dad was in the Pedro trade. And I remembered her first name was Diamond. We also checked in with Diamond DeShields. Both teams will be getting points. Well done. Yeah, it was actually it's widely considered one of the worst trades in Dodger history when they had Pedro, who was coming up. Ramon, his older brother, was already on the team. Pedro was... 21 and a reliever at that point they trade him to the expos for the shields because they wanted some speed the shields did basically nothing um i think he was not unlike his son they were both really fast but had trouble getting on base so it makes it really hard to steal bases so yes it's the DeShields family still very athletic no question all right great job pulling it out everybody question number two played 17 years most fumble recoveries and most pick sixes we're gonna check in all right, Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist has checked in. We'll be 15 more seconds to talk it out. Let's throw out all the safeties we named and go. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I just threw out Darren Sharper because I know he played a long time. I know he got a lot of he's very high up on the interceptions list. And I know he used to run a lot of them back. Yeah, and based off his career, 17 years is possible because it was mid-90s. He played into the 2010s. He played so. with the Packers for a while, and then he went to Minnesota. And, I mean, he was, he was the there Saints. for a little bit. And, yeah, so, yeah. so he has longevity. Right. I, I think he I think he 
he could be there as far as that. So I'm fine with it. Of the options that we came up with, I think that might be that's the one I'm leaning the most towards. So I'm all right, David. We're gonna check in with Darren Sharper. Okay, Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. What'd you guys have? Oh, we went in a bit of a different direction here. Uh, we were thinking that uh, you know, one position that might recover a lot of fumbles would be the quarterback, and that this might be most pick sixes thrown. And we do know a quarterback who was uh, quite danger prone, who did have a 17 year career. And we said, Philip rivers. Wow. That is an amazingly clever response, but neither team is receiving points. I wasn't, <laughs> it's, 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 it's hard to convey that kind of sort of trick question within, within a total of 17 syllables, but the correct answer here is actually Ron Woodson. Oh, damn, uh, I lost uh, uh, he was on our short list. Oh, uh, well, he, he played, he played 17 years. And I was amazed uh, when I saw that he, I mean, this shows you how prolific he was, but he had more fumble recoveries than anybody else and more pick sixes, which is saying he's obviously around the ball a lot. So yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of want to give bonus points for the Philip rivers. I, that was incredible. That I was, wouldn't have thought, I was, that was that really, really well done. So. And I actually thought you were going to say Brett Favre when you were all done, but then I was trying to remember how many years he played. Philip rivers is a great <laughs> answer. I um, wonder who has thrown the most pick sixes. That's a that's a really good. That would it's be a, probably far of that to up, look up. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. But we had Rod Woodson written down, and we were just deciding whether or not to take a quarterback or a defensive player here. And you know, the coin flip just yep. went to Rivers yeah. instead. You guys haven't done well with coin flips so far today. Yeah. No, no, we have not. <laughs> most pick sixes all time with twenty seven. It is Peyton Manning. You know what? He threw a pretty famous one in the Super Bowl, right, Mason? That's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but Rivers was third on that list. Oh, oh, nice! Yeah, it's so not surprising we're, at all. We're well done. That's and that's some, really somehow somehow Nathan Peterman number two. What? One <laughs> <laughs> game. Very nice. I admire the moxie. I really do. Well, well done, guys. All right, let's move on to question three. Ali Foreman bout. Ali uses rope a dope. Name the host country. All right, we'll check it. All right, wicked wieners have checked in. Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. Yeah, I'm almost 100% because you're right. It's Rumble in the Jungle. Okay, and, yeah. I mean, it was either that or a thrill in Manila, and I don't know the difference between the two fights, really, but Rumble in the Jungle was uh, Zaire. So. Well, one was, one was in Manila, and one was in Zaire. Yeah. <laughs> I know the difference uh, in the location somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think we're good. We'll check him as Zaire. All right. And Wicked Wieners, what did you guys have? Well, we both latched onto this quickly. Um, I'm a little concerned now because I thought this was the, we both thought this was the throw in Manila. So we checked in with the Philippines. Yeah, that was a little bit of the trick with this one. One team is receiving points and the answer is Zaire or now the Democratic Republic of Congo. I would have accepted either one. Um, the thrill in Manila was Ali Frazier. I don't know why. Yeah, you know, it's, I, get, it's, I get them mixed up. Yeah, I was, it, that's the first thing that came to my mind. So. Easy mistake to make. This one was the rumble in the jungle. I'm sort of amazed now in retrospect, if you think about like they would never have these big boxing or any kind of big bouts that they just do in in some developing country. I mean, it's just not oh, a thing yeah. that anybody does anymore. But anyway, well done. Good job to the Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. All right. Our last sporting haikus, 200 home runs, 1500 shortstop games, 100 triples. You know, there's no there's no Carolina like baseball team to latch on to here if he was like trying to throw something for Tucker. No reason to be nice to Tucker. It's not his first time. So yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say don't be nice. You should still be nice to, 
Typically, come on the show. <laughs> you don't have to throw them softballs every question, but you should be nice to them at least. Fair enough. Maybe one pandering question would be nice, but you know, it doesn't have to be a full episode of them. <laughs> right. We'll check in. All right. Chad Curtis called us playlist has checked in. How about 20 seconds for Wicked Wieners to talk it out? Yeah, initially I, I thought Jose Reyes just because I, you know, he was kind of the triples king a lot. 100 triples is a lot. I'm scared about 200 homers. I'm wondering now if this is maybe an older player, but I don't know how many games a lot of those guys had at shortstop, like Rod Carew, you know, or like a Robin Yount. Like, I don't, th- those guys would play back and forth. Or you can go even older, like a Honus Wagner. <laughs> yeah, but so, so, 200 home runs back then? <laughs> yeah, probably not. No, not that. But, I mean, this could be someone much older. I, yeah. But in the interest of time, I don't know that. Yeah. I guess, David, we're just going to check in with Jose Reyes. Okay. And Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist, what did you guys have? All right, well, uh, we bandied about a few names here. Um, and, you know, there's that's a weird combination of stats, really. 100 triples, but also 200 homers. Uh, that's a pretty rare combination. So we started thinking, how about some Hall of Famers? And Eric came up with Barry Larkin, and he seems to fit that pretty well. So we have checked in with Barry Larkin. So sadly, neither team has is receiving points on this one. I was amazed when I saw this stat, that not just that it's a, it is a weird combination of stats, as both teams pointed out, to have 200 plus home runs and 100 plus triples and be a shortstop and to play at least 1500 games at shortstop is is a, is a unique combination. There's only one person in baseball that's done it, and that's Jimmy Rollins. Oh, wow. Oh. I wasn't MVP. sure how hard this one would play, but yes, exactly. Same Good time guesses. frame as Reyes, at least. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And Barry Larkin, you have me. You're giving me a little I, bit of I, loss no. Here. I don't think I, he would have got 100. He wasn't that 100 fast. 100 triples, right? Exactly, yeah. and that's <laughs> that's probably the difference. So, fun fact: Barry Larkin did not have 100 triples, nor did he have 200 home runs. Mm. <laughs> he had 198. Oh, I was going to say he must have been wow. really close. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, mm-hmm. 198 home runs, 76 triples. So, oh. what we're saying is Jimmy Rollins is a Hall of Famer. Uh, I mean, that's what that says. Yeah, I mean, his, his numbers are better, and he has an MVP. Larkin has an MVP, and his numbers are better. So, Larkin's awake at Hall of Famer. I mean, Rollins, Rollins also had almost 2,500 hits, which is that's what I'm saying. Close like, for a shortstop, that's that's pretty darn good. I mean, it's it's certainly borderline. I wouldn't have thought of it, but now that those stats come up, yeah, how sure. can, how can Maybe. he not be? I mean, Larkin's in steroid era body bell, nothing special. <laughs> yeah. All right. So after the first quarter, we have a score of Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist with 50 points and the Wicked Wieners with 35 points. Today's second quarter is going to be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Question one in our missing link. Although this 2002 Sports Illustrated sports person of the year lost most of his career earnings following a confession of wrongdoing it is believed he has actually made tens of millions of dollars by being an early investor in uber 
I like it. Yeah, um, we'll check in. All right. Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist has checked in. Wicked Wieners, you want to talk it out? I mean, yeah, we're, we're thinking Lance Armstrong just based on, I mean, the time frame and then confession of wrongdoing. Right. And it, it kind of makes sense that someone who uses a mode of transportation in his sports career would invest in another mode of transportation. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Maybe Lance Armstrong didn't have a car and he was like, you know, I'm tired of biking. To all these places. Drive for me. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I, I mean, yeah, 2002 makes a lot of sense too for being sports person of the year, right? The Livestrong bracelets and dodgeball. Everything else, <laughs> yes. I'm good with it. Oh, I'm sorry, just it. for the listeners. I know dodgeball came out in 2004, but they they started early, early script reading and table reads in late 2002. So Mason's on track. Okay, table reads of dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a funny. Yeah, principal sorry, photography. No. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. Lance Armstrong was casted, all right, in 2002. Yeah, they had other options, but they, they decided to go with him. Yeah, I think we're going to check in with Lance Armstrong. All right. Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist, what did you guys have? Yeah, we um, were pretty much thinking the same thing. I do remember a Sports Illustrated cover where Lance Armstrong did win Sports Person of the Year. Um, and so that just kind of came to mind immediately. So we also said Lance Armstrong. Both teams are receiving points. He he had so many endorsement deals, apparently. I mean, I think he was sponsored by, his team was sponsored by Post Office, I think, and he had millions of dollars in endorsements. And then when he finally confessed to the steroid usage, it all went away. And then somewhere in there, somebody came to him and said, do you want to invest? It was some significant but not ridiculous amount of money, like $100,000 in, in, uh, in Uber. And that stock is expected now, maybe it's worth $20, $30 million. So- Turned out to be a good investment. Who knew? All right. So uh, missing link answer so far is Lance Armstrong. Okay. Question number two in our missing link. Though four quarterbacks in history have passed for 70,000 yards, he was the first one inducted into the Football Hall of Fame. We'll check in. The Wicked Wieners have checked in. Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. Please talk it out. Right. I am less good with the football hall of fame than I am with say the baseball <laughs> hall of fame. Um, so I'm not a hundred percent sure on like which one of these is already in. Um, obviously it's not the active player here, but uh, <laughs> right. Or nor is it the guy who just retired last year. Yes. Um. Yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh. um, so Brett Farber, Peyton Manning, which one went into the hall of fame first, I guess. And Manning just went in like this past year. So far yeah, would have I, gone in before that. Yeah. I feel like I remember seeing him with the, the gold jacket. So yeah, I assume he would have been first then. Yep. All, All right. right so, yep. We'll go with Brett Favre. All right. So checking in with Brett Favre and the wicked wieners. What did you guys have? So we had our list of four, although it's different than theirs. So let's give me a little pause here. Um, our list was Brady, Breeze, Favre, and Marino. And of that list, Marino would have to have been the first one in. So we checked it with Dan Marino. So one team is re- receiving points, and the answer is actually Brett Favre. Uh, so I think you guys, uh, Chad Curtis, had the list exactly right. It's Breeze, Brady, uh, who am I missing? Manning and Favre. And Farber went in first. All right. So I'm going to quickly move on to question three. But before I do, 
The theme-linked answers thus far are Lance Armstrong and Brett Farver. Okay, question three. Though seven quarterbacks in history have passed for 60,000 yards, he was the first one inducted to the Football Hall of Fame. We're going to check in. Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist has checked in. Wicked Wieners, you can now officially talk it out. All right, good. We have a few minutes here to maybe try to narrow this down. Okay, so we at least we know the top four. But, right, because if Marino's not at 70, he's at least in, in the 60s. I, I would think so. I'm yeah, he isn't. So he, he is. And then I think one of the other two is Ben Roethlisberger. I think you're right. And I think if he is, then I think Philip Rivers is. I think that, that unless we're missing someone else, I know that. So it's not those three, obviously. Are you going to come Marino again? <laughs> I'm wondering if someone before him, like a Dan Fouts or. Someone who threw a lot. Not I'm not th- not Steve Young. I don't think he would have got there. I don't. I'm I'm pretty sure the top ten list is mostly their current guys or. Oh yeah, it definitely is. Or I mean, it's '90s on. Pretty I much. mean, I Matt, Matt Stafford's almost in there at this point. Yeah, I I think Elway and Marino are the only ones from like the '80s that are even on this list. Everyone else is after that. I don't think there's anyone from before that on there. So if we think of that, then so we, we are, I guess maybe looking at someone from the 90s late even maybe late 90s if i'd say if it's not marino right because elway should have gone in before marino because he retired first yeah because marino retired around 2000 and i think elway retired right after their second super bowl, super bowl so like, like a year before so, so yeah, you so would think he would go in sooner the question is does is he on the in the threshold of he's got to be close I, I don't know if i don't know if he's in he yeah, but close, th- the so other I, thing is like if he's not then who else is? Because most of them are either still active or not eligible for the hall. Because even if like Eli Manning got there, like he's not eligible for the hall right. yet. Rivers wouldn't be eligible yet. Kurt Warner, even if he got to no. that threshold, just went in. So our best bet is is one of those two, Marino or Elway. And I would think Elway went in first. Okay. I, I just, I'm, I'm hesitant about him being in that group of seven, Me too. But I mean, I, if you I, feel more comfortable with Marino again, we can double down. I, I was confident he's in the top four. Maybe I'm wrong. I think he's in the top seven. But he, he fits a possible theme with the, the other two more than Elway does. Okay, so you want to go with that maybe and just use that as a tiebreaker more than anything else? I mean, I'd... Yeah, yeah, just because, uh, you know, I don't know. Elway, if you want to, I don't know, do math. Elway, I mean, the first 10 years of his career, all they did was throw the ball. Then once, you know, the Terrell Davis stuff happened. They ran a lot, but he was chucking it for a, a good decade, even about 11 or 12 seasons. But this is 80s and 90s standard of chucking it, not today. Right. And I mean, Marino had, what, 5,000 yards in, in the mid 80s. Oh, yeah. Marino definitely yeah, has more yards than Elway. It's just a matter of if Elway hit 60,000. I, which, again, I don't know. I'm more inclined to go with Marino because we know he's there. Yeah. I, I, I would. I'm leaning that way too. So we're we're gonna try this again, I guess. So we'll, yeah, we'll try Dan Marino again. Check in with that. All right, and Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. What did you guys have? Yeah, um, we thought okay. There's probably the four from the first list because you can't throw for seventy without throwing for sixty, and uh, and then also Roethlisberger, Rivers, and Dan Marino. Uh, so we checked in with Dan Marino. And both teams are receiving points, and I am so glad, Mason and and Scott, that you guys stuck to your Dan Reno, because if you guessed him at the wrong time, I would have felt so guilty about this. But yes, the top seven looks like 
Brady, Breeze, Manning, Favre, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Marino. Uh, and you mentioned, I think I was, I was staring at the list as you guys were calling names out. You mentioned just about everybody on here at some point, except for Warren Moon, who is number 12. But you mentioned Stafford. You mentioned Eli Manning. You mentioned John Elway, who's 11. Well, I think Matt yeah. Ryan's up there too now. Uh, Matt Ryan is eight. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So well done, um, both teams. So the theme blinks answers thus far are Lance Armstrong, Brett Favre, and Dan Marino. Question four. At the time of his retirement, he was the all-time leader in home runs, RBIs, strikeouts, and walks. He's still in the top five in home runs, RBIs, and walks, but is no longer even in the top 100 in strikeouts. We'll check in. All right, Chad, Curtis Clubhouse Playlist has checked in. Wicked Wieners, you guys have about 30 seconds left. Wow, this goes by fast. Yeah. So, I mean, we're just looking for crossover in these lists, if we can find. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Bonds, definitely in home runs and possibly in walks. Right, because he got intentionally walked so many times. Right, but I don't know about RBI. And I could see strikeouts and that being passed since then because everyone strikes out now. But, but I mean, if he was top five in strikeouts, or his first all-time in strikeouts, he had to get passed by a hundred people. That's what I mean. In, it's in it's more likely that Hank Aaron could get passed in forty. You know, right? Because a hundred people in what, like fifteen years? That's all. Even I mean, with the Chris a, Davises of the world, yeah, that's right. That's, that's still, still a lot. I'm more inclined to go with Aaron because we know he was leader in home runs. I'm almost positive he was a leader in RBI. And I, I could see maybe the others just because of how long he played. That again. yeah. I'm, and I okay. think, like you said, I think he's more likely to get passed by that many people. There's a longer because time of the era. to do it. Yeah, you have a lot more time than just yeah. know, 15 years. So yeah. All right, we're going to check in with Hammer and Hank Aaron. All right. And Chad Curtis called us Playlist. What did you guys have? We were thinking about this one. Uh, definitely, I love the weird stats questions where you got to think of the combination here. Um, but, you know, home runs, the career leaderboard is something that I know pretty well and if he's still in the top five in home runs and used to be the all-time leader in home runs well, there's only a couple options uh that we can think of there so we tried to think of which one struck out less perhaps in order to get passed by so many people there and we went with babe ruth one team is receiving points yeah it goes all the way back to babe ruth uh and, wow. and yeah the top the top five and walks at this point is bonds ricky henderson babe ruth ted williams and joe morgan Quite a quite an all star cast, and yeah, I mean, you're exactly right about the home runs, and and you guys were definitely on the right track with Hank Aaron. It's just that, and what what Mason said is exactly right. You have to be, you had to have been passed by a hundred people in strikeouts. I just found it amazing that Babe Ruth could could retire at number one in strikeouts, and I don't even know what number he is now, but he's not in the top one hundred. And it's partially because I mean, a lot of those guys are in the last twenty years where it's just like you know feast or famine with the way they home run or strikeouts. But yeah, well done. It is Babe Ruth. They're not throwing Sorry. 55 miles an hour anymore either. So. <laughs> that, that does that does help. Yeah, I was just re, I was just listening to something on Babe Ruth, which was part of the inspiration for this question. And they were talking about how in every other sport, people talk, people used to talk about who the greatest was in the 20s and the in the 40s and the 60s, whatever. And every one of those have died. Like everyone says basically like they used to talk about how Bobby Jones was the greatest golfer ever, but when Tiger Woods came along, it's like he's the greatest ever, or Jack Nicholas is the greatest mm-hmm. ever. In baseball, people still talk about Babe Ruth as if he is the he he is still the greatest. So I just found it pretty amazing. All right, our theme linked answers thus far are Lance Armstrong, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, and Babe Ruth. Here we go. Question five in the missing link. In the late '80s, what professional athlete allegedly offered a zookeeper ten thousand dollars to open the gorilla cage 
so he could go into the cage and punch a gorilla who was bullying all the other primates. I, I read this strike. I can't even read the question without laughing now. We're going to check in again. All right, Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist has checked in. Wicked Wieners, yours to talk out. So immediately I was like, this has to be Mike Tyson, right? Like, this just has Mike Tyson written all over it. Late 80s, something moronic, something impulsive that sounds like Mike Tyson. But I don't hate that you said Andre the Giant. I'm wondering, call it said professional athlete. I don't know if that's trying to indicate something that. Well, no, because I mean, what's Mike Tyson? He's, I mean, you would call a boxer an athlete as well. Yeah, I just I just don't know if that phrasing is trying to get us somewhere. I'm I'm leaning I'm I'm torn because I could see Andre the Giant wanting to do it because it was a gorilla who was bullying because he was like a sweetheart. He was a really nice guy, so I could kind of see him wanting to stick up for the other gorillas that were being bullied. But ten thousand dollars is boxing money to me, like to throw away more than it is, especially pro wrestler in the eighties money. Yeah, that's a I, lot. I mean, I. Even if you were in Princess Bride, like that's a lot. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm really torn on this one. Yeah, I, I that was just an idea that I wanted to throw out there. I, yeah, I, 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 I like any, both. I don't have a, a strong feeling either way. I was just trying to think of athletes that would kind of be yeah. out there enough to do it and would be physically capable of doing it as well. Right. As far as and then then it's just like the punch thing too specific. I feel like maybe Andre would say he wanted to wrestle a gorilla. Oh or, yeah, okay. Or slam a gorilla. So I maybe, think the word maybe. punch maybe made my mind go right to Mike Tyson. Okay. But I'm fine I, with that. I really so, don't have. It's not like I know this story. I don't have any recollection of it either. So if if, if that's where you're leaning, I, based on what you just said, I think that's. I know that David likes to throw wrestling questions in when he knows I'm on games, and I really hope this isn't one because then he wasted it on one that I didn't know. <laughs> so I'm hoping it's not. So just based on that, on my optimism for the second half of getting a wrestling question, we're going to check in with Mike Tyson. There's so much pressure in that answer, just the way you, the way you interwove <laughs> all the all the pressure on the poor host. But yes, um, and uh, Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. What did you guys check in with? Yeah, I think right afterwards he threatened to eat the gorilla's children. Um, we also checked in with Mike Tyson. Both teams are receiving points. Yeah, it's something that, with all due respect, I don't think that uh, Andre was more of a gentle giant. If it said yeah. he wanted to punch Gorilla Monsoon, then maybe. Yes. But that would have made much more sense. Sorry, Mason. I know that's a wrestling reference, and but that's what I was thinking. You guys right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. he right. was giving peanuts to the to the gorillas. <laughs> so our theme-linked answers are Lance Armstrong, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Babe Ruth, and Mike Tyson. Both teams have checked in with answers, and both teams are actually correct. One team got in after the. Somewhere in the third question, I believe. And that was the Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. So I'm going to let these guys reveal their answer. All right. Um, well, we were thinking about uh, what possible combinations these had. And after two, and after I heard uh, that guy's name be said as Favre rather than Favre, I was like, hmm, sounds like athletes who played themselves in movies. Uh, it, of course, helped that uh, Scott brought up dodgeball uh, when talking about Lance Armstrong. That's also. Mason's fault. Um, but yeah, all, all of these athletes have played themselves in movies. And in Babe Ruth's case, I think he played himself in multiple movies, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, definitely they all did uh, in at least one. That's exactly right. It was, it was actually discussed in an episode. I went to look it up somewhere in the 40s, I think. 
in a, in a Josh hosted episode. Babe Ruth played himself most famously in the pride of the Yankees, the, the Lou Gehrig story um, with Gary Cooper. Uh, so that was, that was a pretty famous one. And, and obviously all the other ones are much more recent. Lance Armstrong in dodgeball, Brett Favre in, in something about Mary, Dan Marino in Ace Ventura and Mike Tyson uh, in, in uh, the hangover. Um, uh, yes. And actually, Andre the Giant in my book would have been disqualified because I had written it as they played themselves in movies. Right. So Andre the Giant yeah, was, of yeah. course, in Princess Bride. But uh, does anybody yeah. want a peanut? He was he was not playing himself. But some amazing oh, stories man. about that. But anyway, yes, I decided to finally write a missing link that wasn't about a play on their names, but actually something about the real athletes. So I'm I'm pleased that everybody got it. So well Nathan, done. We 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 had it. <laughs> the most. The most ironic thing about all of this was I was so nervous about Mason's reaction to the fact that this was another movie thing. And it was Mason who let the cat out of the bag by starting to talk about dodgeball. <laughs> yes. so well, I didn't think it was a movie thing. We actually, Scott and I were throwing around after two yellow jerseys as an option. Wow. <laughs> and Lance Armstrong. <laughs> but then we're like, what other things can we come up with that work? Yeah. yeah, they're yellow jerseys. Wow. I would have had to work in some Oregon Ducks in there. All right. After the second quarter. We have a score of Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist with 250 points and the Wicked Wieners with 145, but lots of time left. And that brings us to halftime. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be three entertainment questions pertaining to sports with each question worth 25 points. going to be a pre and post game halftime each of these is a pre and post game it's going to be an actor from a sports movie and a sports person for the actor for the actor i'm going to provide only the name of a character or characters that they played in a sports tv or movie and a year in which the character first appeared for example if i said clubber lang 1982 and university of tennessee national championship quarterback in 1998 the answer would be Mr. T. Martin. Question one, Peter LaFleur in 2004 and NFL active career sacks leader, unless profootballreference.com is right and Terrell Suggs is still active. All right, we'll check in. All right, Wicked Wieners has checked in. Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist, we haven't heard your voices in a while. Yeah, we're, we're just uh, you know making sure that the answers are, uh, are good here, but... Um... <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, Peter LaFleur is definitely Vince Vaughn in dodgeball. And I uh, believe I saw last night on Monday Night Football that Vaughn Miller is the active career sax leader. So slight spelling difference aside, um, sorry, alliteration aside, LaFleur, um, Vince Vaughn Miller is our answer. And Wicked Wieners, what do you guys have? Yeah, I mean, it's not much to add to that. Um, we'll have the cow out of the bag with the dodgeball here, but with the last round, but we're gonna, that's how we're going to start off this round. Um, but yeah, Vince Von Miller. That's right. Both teams getting points. Okay, let's move on to question two. Drafted out of Boston College, he's the highest drafted center in the last 25 years of the NFL draft. And Billy Hoyle in 1992 or Roy Munson, 1996. Yes. <laughs> that would have been a different movie. <laughs> we'll check in. All right. Okay. Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist is checked in. Wicked Wiener sounds like you guys were onto something, but you can Scott talk about it. I think I'm onto something because I'm pretty sure Damian Woody went to Boston College, and I think this is Woody Harrelson. Okay. So that would. That fits because Billy Hoyle, I believe, is White Man Can't Jump. 
Because I know his name was was Billy in okay. that movie. So sure, I trust you on the second half at least. So. All right, we're gonna check in with Damian Woody Harrelson. All right, Chad Curtis Club Us playlist. I'm anxious to hear the joke answer and the real oh. answer. <laughs> I I I got onto Kingpin really quick, and then I went Woody Allen. And and then the thought of Woody Allen and white men can't jump and kingpin made me laugh really loud. Uh, <laughs> Especially so, white men can't jump, but yes, yeah. sure, that's all. That's he really, awesome. white men really, that'd be called white men really can't jump. Yes. Yes. It's a sequel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Older white men really don't jump. Yeah. So we, uh, we checked in with the same uh, Damian Woody Harrelson. And both teams are receiving points. Well done. Yeah, and of course, uh, Billy Hoyle was White Man Can't Jump, as Scott said first, and Roy Munson was Kingpin. All right, our last question of halftime. Charlie Dillon, 1992, or Francois Pinar, 2009, and current assistant coach for the Boston Celtics, who in 1996 became the shortest player ever to win the NBA Rookie of the Year. Uh, We're checked in. All right, Chad Curtis, Clubhouse Playlist is checked in. Wicked Wieners, talk it out. It's my only shot at this is to try to get the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, because I don't recognize any of the names from the first time. I don't either. Um, I'm trying to get 2009 sports movies. Maybe I can work on it that way. But Francois Pinar. The blind side? But I don't think of Francois. There was no Francois Pinar in that movie. No, not that I remember. Um, Celtics in the 90s had a lot of guys, right? Antoine Walker. He well, I mean, he's a current he's assistant not, coach for the Celtics. But he's not short. He's, but there's no way. He can't be the shortest player to ever win rookie of the year, though. Well, yeah. And, I mean, it, it doesn't mean it has to be someone for the Celtics. They're just a coach for the Celtics. Right oh, now, so. oh, good point. Good point. All right. So that, I, I yeah, wouldn't limit right. yourself there. I mean, it could be a Celtic, but I. I all right. So 96. So 94 um, was Kid and Hill. They shared the award. So 90, you would think it's Allen Iverson, but he's definitely not the uh, an assistant coach for the Celtics. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's not that. <laughs> it's funny if he was. Come on, everybody. It's time to practice. That would be great. Um, I would watch the Celtics team just for that. I really thought he won it, though. Maybe not. Um, from the 96 draft, because that's the Iverson-Kobe draft. Right. It's not Nash. Oh, wait. could it be? This could be 95-96 season. Oh. So the 95 draft. Okay, that's so we're true. looking at which is the awful Joe Smith. Oh crap! So it could be anybody. <laughs> Brian uh, Shaw? No, he didn't win. I'm not too up to date with my assistant coaches. They change a lot, so it's hard to keep track of it. Who just became their head? Because they just because Brad Stevens just. So you you would think that everyone kind of got shuffled when Stevens went into the front office this past off season. Right. They have a new head coach, so. 96 rookie of the year. Why am I? Oh, I'm so upset. I don't would, have anything. I need to park. Conventional wisdom says it's likely a point guard. Oh, oh, it's uh, Mighty Mouse, Damon Stoudemire. Matt Damon Stoudemire. Do you know what either of those movies are with Matt Damon in them? It's could uh, Francois be Invictus. Is that, that's around 2009. I, I don't. But either way, I just, I'm pretty sure it's Damon Stoudemire for the well, rookie of the year. Invictus is the movie that's in South Africa, right? And, yeah. Pinar, that that last name could be South African. It That's kind of has, the only it reason I. Like it. Yeah. So I, I, sure. I, All right, we're gonna check in with Matt Damon Stoudemire. All right, Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. What did you guys have? Uh, yeah, 
Francois Pinar is the South African rugby captain uh, in that awful movie Invictus in which Matt Damon played him. And uh, the rookie of the year in 96 was Damon Stoudemire. So Matt Damon Stoudemire. Yeah, Scott, I loved I loved hearing you sort of be tortured for a quick second and uh, then just come come up with this because I was I was. I knew you'd be beating yourself up. It, it, it's one of this. those where it's like, I'm, I'm so good with rookie of the years normally. And then in the moment, you're just like, wait, what, who yeah. did what? Yeah. Can, can anyone tell me, sorry, go ahead. It's been, it's been a long time since we've played the uh, dump truck backing up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that yeah. would have been a good spot for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. I was, I was really psyched when he got it. Can anybody tell me what Charlie Dillon 1992 is? School ties. That's correct. It's school ties. Which was like the the first big movie for Matt Damon, first big movie for Ben Affleck, for Cole Hauser, Chris O'Donnell was in it. Uh, um, oh, that, yeah, pre Nichols. Brandon Fraser. Uh, I think he goes by Brendan. Brendan, sorry, that's what I meant. My bad. All right, so both teams swept the halftime, which brings our score to Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist has a score of three hundred twenty-five, and the Wicked Wieners have two hundred and twenty. Now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks! Today's third quarter will be Let It Ride or Throw in the Towel. Let It Ride or Throw in the Towel. For this quarter, there will be four questions in a given category that increase in difficulty. After each question, teams can decide to let it ride and attempt the next question or throw in the towel and take the points they have accumulated to that point. Each question is worth 50 points. If a team answers incorrectly, they will lose half of their points accumulated in the quarter. All right. Today's category for Let It Ride or Throw in the Towel is consecutive draft picks who went on to the Hall of Fame. More specifically, this entire round is going to be about number three and number four overall picks that were picked consecutively and then went on to the Hall of Fame. Question number one of Let It Ride or Throw in the Towel. The 1989 NFL draft was the last draft from which consecutive picks went on to the Hall of Fame. The number three and number four picks that year played on opposite sides of the ball and in different conferences, though both spent their entire career with one team, one with the Lions, the other with the Chiefs. And both were selected to the NFL 1990s All-Decade team. Both of their careers ended prematurely, although for very different reasons, one due to early retirement and one far more tragic. Please name both players. Uh, we're going to check in. Great. Chad Curtis <laughs> Clubhouse playlist has checked in. The Wicked Wieners. Please talk it out. I, I, I got there right, in before, right before, so I, I'd sent over to Mason Derek Thomas because all the criteria make sense. And now yeah. it's like super obvious, and I don't know why we were struggling for that long. But we're also going to check in with Derek Thomas. And Barry Sanders. And Barry Sanders. So, uh, Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist, what did you guys have? Um, well, I was able to get uh, 
visual aid after our answers were locked in because I do in fact have a throwback Derek Thomas Jersey. Uh, so that one I knew right away, um, very tragic when he passed. And from there we were able to figure out also that you know, Barry Sanders uh, also had a prematurely short career um, though his did not end in quite as much tragically, thankfully. Uh, but nonetheless, we said Barry Sanders and Derek Thomas. And both teams are receiving points. All right, so this is let a rider throw in the towel. So the question I'm going to put for both teams is who wants to let it ride and who wants to throw in the towel? Does it have to be one or the other? Like, does one of us have to let it ride? Does the other have to throw in the towel? <laughs> no, no, I won't. I won't. Well, we could repair based on who wants to do this. All right, Scott and Mason, sorry, uh, Wicked Wieners, do you guys want to let it ride or throw in the towel? I mean, I want to throw in the towel, but we need that. We have to let it ride because <laughs> yeah, we're we behind. Points, so yeah. we're, we're going to let it ride. All right, Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. We're going to let it ride. Okay, both teams are going to let it ride. Question two. In the 1965 NFL draft, the Bears held both the number three and number four picks. Both picks spent their entire career with the Bears, one on the offensive side of the ball, the other on the defensive side of the ball. Both made the NFL 75th anniversary team, and both made the 100th anniversary team. One went on to an acting career after football, and though the other didn't act, was portrayed by Billy D. Williams in a famous football movie. Name both players. Check in. All right. Wicked Wieners has checked in. Chad Curtis right, Clubhouse well, playlist. Gail Sears is one of them for sure. Like, right. Mm-hmm. So the only other bear from that time frame that I can think of that had a acting career afterwards was Dick Butkus. Yeah, I, I was trying to make sure that he fit with the other clues, and I'm pretty sure he does. Um, he's at least like certainly famous enough to uh, defensive to player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I, I'm not going to have anything better than Dick Buckus to add on to that. And it's definitely Sayers. So we'll go okay. with that. Yep. Check in with Gail Sayers and Dick Buckus. All right. And Wicked Wieners, what did you guys have? Yeah. So thinking of offensive players for the Bears at the time, the only one that made sense was Sayers. He only played for a few years, and 65 is about the right time he was drafted. Um, and on the other side, the only defensive player I could think of that acted and would be on that all those anniversary teams is Dick Buckets. So we checked in with Sayers and Buckets as well. And both teams are getting points. Can anybody tell me what movie it was that Gail Sayers was portrayed by Billy D. Williams? It's Brian's song. Brian's song. Exactly. Yep. Uh, and do you know who played opposite Billy D. Williams? That's James a harder Conn? question. Yes, yeah, it was James, James, James Conn. Yes. Fresh Indeed. off misery. <laughs> Yeah, it was years later, but yep, absolutely. <laughs> I think it was the early seventies because it, it wasn't been... he. It, yeah, I was gonna say they were doing, doing a table read right after oh. Elf. Yeah, he wasn't. Well, he wasn't hobbled yeah. yet. They were doing the table he, read. That's why he could, at the time. he could play. Uh, he could play Brian Pickle because he wasn't hobbled by Kathy Bates yet. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right, and this was before Billy D. Williams did Lando Calrissian. So, all right, uh, so let's go to both teams again. So we are two questions in, and everybody has got it. So. Wicked Wieners, let it ride or throw in the towel. Much like Lance Armstrong, we're going to let it ride. And then admit that you use steroids for this game afterwards. All right. Only if we win. Right. Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist, let it ride or throw in the towel. We are also going to let it ride. All right. Question number three. Only one time in Major League Baseball draft history have consecutive picks in the amateur draft both gone on to the Baseball Hall of Fame. It happened in 1973 with the number three and number four picks. 
One was selected from a California school by a Midwestern team where he spent his entire career. And the other was selected from a Midwest school by a California team. Both ended up with 3,000 plus hits. Name both players. Hint, maybe, maybe. Both were pictured in their drafting team's uniform in the Benchwarmers uniform bracket. We're going to check in. All right. Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist has checked in. The Wicked Wieners can talk it out. You have about 45 seconds left. So I, I think the, the hint actually helped because I remember one of the uniforms for sure that stood out was, was the Padres. Right, which is why you typed to me Padres guy. Because I, I mean, I hated the Padres uniform so much I remembered it. I just don't remember who was wearing any of them. That's the thing. I can't. I don't remember who we were the, looking at. The other one I thought I remembered was the old Brewers uniform that was the powder blue. With sure. The, with the, the logo, the old logo. So I think that's that's the first two I can remember. There were other ones, obviously. but So that would be selected from a California school by a Midwestern team, spent his entire career. So that would be the Brewers player. If, if, we, if that's the right team, then yeah. And then the so, other one would be, right, Midwest school, a California team, Padres. Right, which matches up, yeah. And it doesn't so then, say they had to play for just that team. So Right, that's why I'm thinking we're going to have to go off of that, that we're looking for someone that was drafted by the Padres that didn't play there. Right, and it has to be, right, because obviously the Dodgers weren't in our bracket. I don't think the Angels were in our bracket, no. right? And the Giants, well, I think the Giants were, weren't they? Oh, they might have been. They were like, a yeah. I, I still I don't even know in 1973 though who that would have been that would have got 3,000 hits that was drafted by them. Yeah. So for Padres, what about Ozzy Smith? Oh. Did he have 3,000? I don't know. He played long enough, but I don't know if because he he was West School maybe he was more of a defensive guy. I don't even know if he was drafted that high though. Not. I was just trying to think of guys that started with the Padres and yeah, no, of course. Usually, usually guys that are drafted that high. I mean, think about it. Especially even back then, if you're a shortstop, you got to be more of a hitter, and he was more of a right. defensive. Yeah, that's why. I, is it Dave Winfield? Was he? He definitely played for the Padres. He played. Was he, a he was a multi. Guy? He was a multi-sport athlete, so he definitely could have gone to a big powerhouse Midwest school. And then Robin out for the Brewers guy, right? Because. For 73. Yeah. It makes sense. And he only played for the Brewers to my knowledge. I don't I don't hate that as an our answer for that. I I feel better about Yount than Winfield, but I I can't think of anybody else that Right. I mean that's the thing. Three thousand hits. Right. Yeah, this is a little bit, I think, too late for like a Mike Schmidt, right? I don't know. Like he could have been drafted by one of those teams and then he could have been drafted by the Padres. You want yeah, to okay. go Winfield and Yount? Yeah, because we don't really have anything else. Yeah, let's go for it. All right, we're checking in with Dave Winfield and Robin Yount. All right, Wicked Wieners has checked in. Chad Curtis, Clubhouse Playlist. What did you guys have? So I have the answers and a fun fact about this draft. Um, I I know what your fun fact is because I have the same. I bet you do. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for Uh, you. Go ahead. Are you ready for the Texas Rangers fan? Yes, that's Um, exactly right. So yeah, we the. When you said the Benchwarmers uniform bracket, I remembered Dave Winfield's uh, hair sticking out of that Padres hat that Mason absolutely despised. I still the do. The entire, entire time. 
It was as fired up as I think I've seen Mason get. Has not yes. waned. And, Has not waned. <laughs> and then the one fielding uh, in the powder blue Brewers uniform, fielding a ball at shortstop, was Robin Yap. So, fun fact about the 1973 draft, the number one overall pick was a high schooler named David Clyde that the Texas Rangers used as a marketing gimmick to because they're opening their new Arlington Stadium and immediately brought him from high school to the majors. And I'll let you guess how his career turned out. He's not yeah. a Hall of Famer. Uh, he is not well, a he Hall was, of Famer. It was, it was something like within 20 days of high school, of graduating from high school, he was on the mound starting a game. And he actually, he pitched very well in his first game, from what I recall. Yeah. And he, 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 after it was like 20 days after he pitched in a state championship game. That's right. They, they <laughs> drafted him and put him on the mound for the yep. Texas Rangers. So. Exactly. What are arm injuries? Those didn't exist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Well, this was before Tommy John. Dirt on pers- Before yeah. Tommy John, the person or or the yeah. surgery this or the when, underwear. This is back or when the underwear, for that matter. I yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. This was this is back when Tommy John was just doing table reads on elbow surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. All right. So both teams receiving points in our third question, and I'm going to ask. Dare you try the fourth question? Uh, let's go to Chad Curtis Cubs playlist. Oh, what do you think? How many points do we have for getting three right? Is it seventy-five? I believe it's one hundred and fifty, according to okay. the score sheet. And if you miss the next one, you would drop seventy-five, or mm-hmm. you would get fifty. What do you think? You oh, we've known the one? we've known the last three. Yeah, want to go for one more? Ah, what the hell? Yeah, it's only points. Let's yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. All right. And I go to the Wicked Wieners. Well, we've known the last three. Uh, <laughs> the, the last one was a me remembering okay. uniforms the, barely. So that was these a stretch, have, but... All three of these have been excruciating for me. This is not my wheelhouse. Um, but we, we're trailing. And maybe we get first an of NBA all, question. I also could... just want to say remember David Clyde Edwards Alaire for a future pre and post game. <laughs> like it. Um, but yeah, I think we we should probably do it, right? Yeah, I mean, especially if they've done it, we gotta try to keep pace a little bit. So, yeah. I, or you could wait for them to come back to you. I mean, that's that's it's another perspective. That's not as likely. Let's let it ride. Yeah. Let's go All right, it. both teams are gonna let it ride, despite my warnings. Okay. Question four. <laughs> oh boy. The last time that the NHL draft had consecutive picks. Where both made the Hall of Fame was in 1983 with picks number three and number four. The number four pick spent his entire 22-year career playing for the team that drafted him, serving as captain for almost all of that time. The number three pick spent his entire 15-year career playing only for teams in the state of New York. His points per game is the most by an American-born player. Name both players. That was pretty quick. I, I know number three for sure because I remember that fact. I'm re- I'm pretty confident about number four also. I like it. Let's yeah. do it. We're going to check in. All right. Chad Curtis Clubhouse Playlist has checked in really fast for a fourth question, which brings us to the Wicked Wieners who are, hang- who are hanging their heads. I, I don't know if you could have two worst teammates for an NHL draft question yeah. than <laughs> me and Mason. So. Uh, all right, let's okay. Oh, you know what? We got the time, let's just use it before we check in and inevitably get it wrong. Um, so at least we have the time frames for their careers, so we can maybe piece something together. Number four pick would be from 83 to 05, 
and then we have 83 to 98. Yeah, so my first thought, because I know he was a captain for a long time, Steve Eiserman. But I don't know yeah. when it was, was his, would his career have been, been, is that the right time frame? Yeah, I mean, he, he was definitely, yeah, I feel like he might have ended a little bit before 2005, but I mean, who else could that really be? For longtime captains, I mean, he's he's the guy. Most points per game, American-born point, Mike Madano. Did he only for teams in the state of New York? So well, I was thinking he... for the other, for number four still. For the fourth overall pick, if it's not Eiserman. Oh, but... okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought, sorry. I, you were reading the second part. That's why I was wondering what you are saying. Oh, right. That's the number three guy. You're yeah. right. Number three. That's... Entire 15-year career for teams in New York. So, so Rangers, the... Islanders. Sabres. Sabres. Okay. Which doesn't help me at all. No. Um, the Rangers won in 94, the cup. So, so if, if he was on the Rangers, with... right, was it's playing with, with Messier. Um. Points per game would have to be high because, of, I mean, not that a 15-year career is short by any means, but a lot of the elite hockey players play for like 20 years. Yeah. So that, that is play. kind of relatively short considering. Like, that's not Messier. His career was longer than that. And he, he didn't only play for the Rangers. He had to play for at least two of the three. Right. New York teams for him to Possibly put that in all here. three. Yeah which does nothing for me. I couldn't name no. you a Sabres player before the 2000s. Right. So except and no, I'm never saying Dominic Hasek again on this podcast. So and he's so, also a goalie. So maybe we hope try to find somebody to play on the Rangers and Islanders and hope for the best. Uh it's not delivery, it's Di Pietro. I I I don't know. We can go with Iserman, but it doesn't matter cuz we need him. We're going to have the second half. Yeah, and even if that and that might not even be correct, so right. That's I'm trying to think of anything else, but there's a guy. No, he was like he was a defenseman, I think. I don't even know. I never even know what positions guys play. I'm gonna need an answer slash put you out of your misery. So okay, uh, Heiserman and pick a last name. Go, Brian Leach. What did he play? So so we're gonna go Heiserman and Leach. Is that what we're gonna go? With? Sure. sure. I know he played sure. for the Rangers. Okay, there we go. That's fine. Sure. Let's just lose our points and move on. All right. Wicked Wieners have checked in. Chad Curtis, Clubhouse Playlist. What did you guys have right, well, remarkably quickly? Yeah, uh, so, yeah, the number four, the 22-year 22 22 player for the same team who was a captain for the whole time is Steve Eiserman. So you guys got that right. Uh, Brian Leach was an American-born uh, Hall of Famer who played defense. Um this is uh, a forward, though, and he was most famous with the Islanders. I would think it's Pat LaFontaine. That is correct, and he played for the Islanders, the Sabers, and the Rangers. Not that it would have helped you, but he also played for the Sabers. Yeah, so one team, one team has has completed the sweep of the round. Uh, that is correct. I'm waiting for the bomb back. Who? But I don't. Want, I, don't I know. Did, to give. did you say Prefontaine, like the Jared yes. Leto movie? Is that, <laughs> is that what Wait, son. Wait, first yeah, of all, runs, to be he runs clear, around a hockey rink for it entire... was not it was not Jared Leto that Jared Leto played Prefontaine, but the better movie was the Billy Crudup version, just for the record. Okay. It's just, yes, I just want to set Jesus. that straight about Prefontaine. As an Oregonian, I feel, I take this stuff very seriously. All right, you've got me off track. Okay, so at the end of the third quarter, we have scores of the Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist at 525 and the Wicked Wieners at 295. It's not over yet mathematically but that does bring us to the fourth quarter 
the fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. The categories for today, for our fourth quarter, are as follows. Question one, life in the fast lane. Question two, new kid in town. Question three, take it to the limit. And question four, Hotel California. Life in the fast lane is going to be about all-time NFL rushing leaders. New Kid in Town is about Major League Baseball hit leaders. Take It to the Limit is about basketball. And Hotel California is about college football accomplishments. It's now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question one, life in the fast lane. What is the only BCS school that was attended by two running backs in the top 10 all-time NFL rushing leaders. Check in. All right. Wicked Wieners have checked in. Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. I'll give you 20 seconds to talk it out real quick. For whatever reason, I was thinking that he went to a more Southern school. Um, So I don't know. I don't know why it's stuck in my head. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. I like your answer because it would cover those. I mean, we can rule out a couple... That's the one that popped into my head. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I just don't know if either like are sure things in the top 10. And I guess we know that one is for. Uh, okay. So that that's the only okay. It's like 55. Yeah. 55 and, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it. I mean, honestly, I don't have a lot of thunder. Uh, you're right. I think <laughs> one, I think you're right. We got one definite in the other one yeah. could be right out on the top 10. So we'll, yeah, I'm good with that. So you want to check in with Miami then? Yeah, we'll, we'll check it with Miami. Right, that was the Vegas talk out ever. I know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I like secrecy guys. I know. I don't want you guys to change your answer. Right. Right. So we have a check-in of Miami and wicked wieners. What did you guys check in with? Oh man. Now we're having buyer's remorse again. Cause we were between Miami and what we're going to check in with. Um, Cause we don't, I was on my. I was strong for Miami, but I deferred because I think Edwin yeah. James and and Frank Gore. But I deferred to Mason. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Edwin James. That's the one I was kind of less concerned, at least less sure about. So I think that based on this, Jerome Bettis is above Edwin James. So I think that might edge it out. So we're gonna say Notre Dame for a hundred. Oh, and I didn't actually get your wager, Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. Uh, so also, also, we also checked in for a hundred points. Mm-hmm. Okay, and actually, neither team is getting points. Oh. Um, Miami is super close. It was one of my distractors. Frank Gore is at number three, and Edger James is at number thirteen. Hey, so, Mason, nine through thirteen. <laughs> yes, and, and another good distractor that I was waiting for somebody to stumble into was Oklahoma State because Thurman Thomas is 16. But Barry I Sanders knew he was four. Yeah. So, uh, and what did you guys say? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. So, so Notre Dame. Jerome Bettis is at number eight. And I'm scanning the list to look for another Notre Dame person, but I don't. Julius even, Jones. I don't even. <laughs> see so one. Not, precise checks in at 1,035th. So, <laughs> no, he's not even that Tom, high. Tom yeah. Zipakowski. So without further ado, and this one was a somewhat shocking answer when I was studying the list the other day. At number six and number ten, Curtis Martin and Tony Dorsett, ah, both, both, oh, I'm sorry, both I'm sorry. from <laughs> Pittsburgh. Pitt. We put yeah. Curtis Martin at Notre Dame. 
and that's why we went with that. If that's we why we went Cars, Martin and Bettis. Yeah. If we had known Cars Martin went to Pittsburgh, we would have we would have got there then. Man. I thought I thought you had it because as Mason was accidentally texting me at the beginning of this, the first thing I saw from him was Martin. I was like, Martin, oh, one team's, yeah. one team's like, going to get it. No, nope. yeah, because we we both were hooked on Curtis Martin being Notre Dame for some reason. I, I, yeah, you I never. It, it's always hard to tell how hard it's it's difficult to tell how hard these questions are going to are going to play. But I couldn't believe when I saw that because we've all studied this list a hundred times. I never thought about it until I was like, wait a minute, there are two guys from Pittsburgh in this list, and that's just a it's just a weird school. I mean, Miami. Miami and Notre Dame would be way more obvious answers, so I don't blame either one of you. I, I think say, where's really... Pitt's third guy? Where, yeah, exactly. What's Con- what's the the difference? James so, Connor. So funny you <laughs> say that because Larry I Fitzgerald. think no. You want to know something? Not only is Pitt the only school, I'll give you a little extra bonus flavor text. Not only is Pitt the only school with two in the top ten, they're the only school with three in the top twenty-five. And the oh, third wow. one is Lashawn McCoy. Oh, oh yeah, that right. makes sense. Yeah. 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 So there you go. All right, let's move on to question two. New kid in town. What Hall of Famer never led the league in hits until he was 34, but ended up leading the league three times each time each each time while playing for a different team? Ooh, great question. Wow. Okay. I don't th- it's not Jimmy Rollins. <laughs> He's not a Hall of Famer yet. Should be. We're, we're gonna make the case for it on this podcast. We're, I, we're I think David already I think David already did with that question. I mean Yeah, we, we have the best case that we can lay out for the for the committee. We're gonna check in. All right, Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist is checked in. Hear what you got, Wicked Wieners. Uh, I'm struggling to even <laughs> come up with. So I latched on early to Wade Boggs just because he's a guy that hit well into his mid-30s. He would have been blocked in the leading league in hits by like George Brett and Molitor and some of the other guys in the 80s, even though he was racking up hits. And then he could have done it with the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Rays especially the latter two at the end of his career. Yeah, I I just can't – I'm struggling to think of guys that even fit that kind of criteria where in their right. late 30s, possibly even early 40s. Not only that, but playing for three teams. like Bouncing around. Right, like it's not, you know, George Brett, Tony Gwynn, guys like that didn't even play for that many teams. Ricky Henderson, like, played for a million teams, but – Was he ever the league leader in hits? I don't think – Don't know. I, I – I, that's what I'm saying. I, like every guy I think of, I'm like, oh, I can't think of a, a third team that he would have done it for. You want to check in with that? That's fine. I don't have anything. Yeah, I mean, at all. I, I, think, I we're think we're running out of time anyway, so we're gonna check yeah. in for 100 points with Wade Boggs. All right. So we go to Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. What you guys have? So there was a name that Scott mentioned in there that was the first name that popped into our head, and and we started reasoning ourselves into it um, and started thinking of guys that played long enough and led the league in hits when they were a little bit older. We thought Boggs probably would have led the league earlier in his career. Um, I, you know, I don't think there were some other names that popped up, but, but the one that we got stuck on and the one that I think we were confident with the more we think about it was we checked in with Paul Molitor for 100 points. One team is receiving points, and and yet you weren't that far off in sort of the characterization of Wade Boggs. Although he had a ton of hits early in his career, he he yeah. had the Fenway he had the Fenway advantage because he used to just foul off pitches, and because the stands are so close, they used to make this big thing about how he would foul off pitches until he got the one he liked. But yeah, Paul Molitor sort of had I don't know he drank the young guy juice or something because he came up as a, a rookie when he was about twenty, and was very solid, but didn't until he was 
we mentioned like he, he, he led the league with Milwaukee way towards the end. Then he went to the Blue Jays for the World Series run. Yep. Uh, and then he came home because he's actually a, a um, Minneapolis guy. He went home to the Twins where he later managed. And at age 39 in 1996, he had that's when he had his career high. When he was 39, he had 225 hits. So, yeah, so the correct answer is Paul Molitor. Well done. I, I couldn't answer that if I wanted to because it's too much Minnesota. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it doesn't count as too much Minnesota when I ask. But that's just a coincidence. All right. So question three, take it to the limit. There are six players who have won an NBA championship and an, an Olympic gold medal in the same calendar year, but only one person has done it twice. Name him. We'll check it. All right. Wicked Wieners checking in. Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. Talk it out. Yeah, yeah we've got it narrowed down to two. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think... This year was the first time LeBron didn't play in the Olympics. I could be wrong, um, but I thought that he and Carmelo were the ones that had just been playing in the Olympics like every year until this past Olympics. As far yes. as 96, I didn't really get to watch that um, very much, but like I was, I thought I remembered that that was like kind of like the younger guard was the one that was like playing in that mostly. So the other thing that sticks with me is I, okay, so the years, the championships that line up are the two like 92 and 96 Bulls or the 2012 Heat or the, and 2016 Cavs. The thing that that sticks out to me is I was like Chicago Bulls crazy mm-hmm. and like, you know, as a 50, you know, 10, 15 year old kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember Pippen being on both, like okay. being on Dream Team 1 and Dream Team 2. And that's why it, that is stuck in my head. And that's the only thing I'm but man, that LeBron really makes me worry about yeah. about it because if, if you remember scotty playing in both then i do i'm hoping it's you know, not mandela he could be the veteran holdover though too so yeah right. it's, i'm hoping it's not mandela f- uh, effect and that yeah. I, I really do remember scotty being on the second one so yeah. um, if you're cool with that I, i'm i'm good with it no i i will trust your memory here for sure uh, okay all right so we'll check in with scotty pippen all right Wicked Wieners. Oh, for 100 have? points. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. For 100 points. Right. Wicked Wieners. What did you guys have? I, I really like their answer better. I, for some reason, I mean, MJ seemed too obvious. So we kind of eliminated that. LeBron also seemed a little obvious. I don't know why, for whatever reason, when we got off of MJ, we just stopped thinking about the Bulls. So then we tried to match up the years. Um, initially, I thought maybe Kobe. 2008, but then we we're like Celtics won in 08. They had Ray Allen. Miami won in 12. They had Ray Allen. So we checked in for zero points with Ray Allen. So if one team is receiving points and the other team is not losing points. So Scottie Pippen is correct. It was 92 and 96, not Mandela effect at all. Um, the other ones who did do it, in case you're curious, Jordan did do it in 92. Uh, LeBron did it only once. It was in 2012. Kyrie did it in 2016. And most recently, two guys added to the list this calendar year two bucks. Holiday. Yes, exactly. You may remember that that as soon as they finished playing, yep. they were sort of doing the COVID thing and then uh, quarantining. And then I think they were off to the Olympics. So, exactly. All right. Well done. All right. We come down to question four category is Hotel California. Ohio State 
is close to having three 1,000-plus yard receivers this year, which would be the first time a trio of wide receivers at a BCS team has accomplished this since 2013. What West Coast school had the last trio with 1,000-plus yards receiving and were led by a receiver who has since gone on to four Pro Bowls? We'll check in. All right. The Wicked Wieners have checked in. Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. Talk it out. Okay, so we've got to narrow down to probably Pac-12 teams. Yeah, it has to be. Well, yeah, <laughs> so we're good there. Um, I don't like. It can't be Colorado because they used to never throw the ball around. And uh, don't think it could be Utah. I mean, they're not really on the West Coast anyway. Um, I don't think it's either the Arizonas. So that leaves us with uh, eight schools. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it's Stanford. I was thinking of Barkley, maybe, but mm-hmm. he said, does specifically say wide receivers. So yeah, um, I can't think of any Stanford wide receivers. That's the um, thing that's killing me. They're always such a running team. I mean, Washington State threw the ball a ton. I'm trying to think of who the receivers would have been. I remember Marquise Wilson, but he didn't make the NFL. He just had a ton of yards. But that was 2013, so that's a real possibility. Yeah, I'm trying to go at it from the Pro Bowls since yeah. 2013. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I named one who went to an East Coast school, so that tells you about as far as I. <laughs> so, um, I mean, this right. Pro Bowls are tough because they just vote anybody this, these days. Like, like you played this year? Yeah, you, you're in the Pro Bowl. I mean, it's not all pro, which would be, which would yeah. be harder to get into. I don't hate that answer, of because Robert Woods could be. I don't um, think he's made a Pro Bowl though. He's too, you I, don't okay. Well, four, just, four, not four. Yeah, at least. Um, like they had a good receiving crew at the time, but I don't. I don't think any of them were were like NFL stars. Um, because they had a oh, who was um? Oh no, never mind. Aguilar for USC, and he did not make. Or, he did not make Pro Bowls. They just made viral videos about how he can't catch. Uh, <laughs> all the guys I can think of that were have been Pro Bowlers are like LSU or Alabama or yeah, because that was Beckham and Landry's <laughs> year at LSU too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, it's not Washington because they had a big running back that year. Um, I don't think it's UCLA. I think they were running the ball a ton then too. Oregon, it's not Oregon State. They couldn't move the ball. Uh, Oregon's a possibility. USC is a possibility. I think I just like Washington State better, but I can't, like, I'm mad that, that I can't was, think of a guy to pair with Yeah. Him. If that was a leech time, it would make total sense. Yeah. Um. So I like, that's the best tie we have to this is a wide open offense that threw the ball a million times. So I like it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like uh, Connor Halliday and Luke Falk would throw for like 4,000 yards in yeah. 12 games in college. So, okay. Yeah, let, let's go off Washington State. Okay. We'll check in with Washington State for 100 points. All right. Wicked Wieners. What you guys have? All right. So, Scott and I were on the same wavelength right away. Very confident. We, did, we, we didn't really think about it too, too much. So, I, for me, I went along with receiver went to four pro bowls that played on the west coast and scott was kind of on the same line of track for that um first guy i can think of that made a lot of pro bowls Devonte adams that went to fresno state they would have had Derek carr 
right, at quarterback. So it would make sense they were throwing the ball. I don't know who the other two guys are. We have no idea who they are. So we're hoping that at least Devontae Adams is enough to get us in the right direction. So we checked in with Fresno State for 95. And one team is receiving points, and the correct answer is Fresno State. Way to finish strong. Uh, wicked wieners. Good job. Uh, and yeah, you had it. It is Devonte Adams and, and a cast of clowns. Derek Carr threw for about 5,000 yards. I was trying to steer you a little bit in the right direction because the, the category was Hotel California. I was trying to at I least noticed get it you. after we submitted. That was oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was at least trying to get you to California because otherwise I'd afraid you'd go to Washington State or something like that. But yeah, um, well done. Uh, the other two wide receivers are Isaiah Burse and Josh Harper. Oh, I remember um, Isaiah Burst. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've heard of Josh Harper, but I don't know why. I don't think he, I don't I don't think Isaiah Burst was drafted, but I think he was signed by the Broncos. Um, yeah, he played he definitely played in the NFL yeah, on yeah, yeah. Denver. Yeah. Yeah. So and certainly Devontae Adams did. All right. The game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Wicked Wieners finishes with 190 points, and our clipboard captains of the game, who are receiving the coveted Tyler Huntley Award with 525 points, is the Chad Curtis Clubhouse playlist. Well done, everybody. Congratulations. Anything uh, Anything you guys want to talk about before we call it a night? That country music was really inspiring. Let's keep the clubhouse music to only country music, please, and thank you. And when you crow hop, make sure that you go face first into the ground when you throw. <laughs> <laughs> In honor of yes. our team's namesake, we will not be doing a post-game interview with Jim Gray. That's right. <laughs> I think, and, and no matter what your team is, you should not do a post game interview with Jim Gray <laughs> or Chad Curtis. Really, not yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Tucker, I want to uh, thank you for coming on, playing my game. I know it was rough at a few points, but uh, when when you pulled out that uh, throwing the towel question on number four on the NHL question, I was I was impressed. So well done all the way around. I tried to, I didn't know exactly what your sweet spot was, so I tried to cover a wide gamut of of years and sports. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, thanks, and I hope you come back another time to play. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, this was a terrific game, um, and, you know, I had a wonderful teammate, uh, but, you know, it helps that there was a hockey question and several good baseball questions there, plus college content. You know, you really just hit my sweet spots over and over, and I appreciate that. Um, but thanks again for having me. Uh, hopefully I can make it on for my fourth game and hopefully third win sometime soon. Awesome. Bench warmers, you got anything to add? Uh, no, it was a fun game, David. Your games are always a lot of fun. I always enjoy playing your games. Um, really good, thought-provoking questions, like always. So, I mean, you, I need to stop being, you know, so nice to you because you're a bench warmer, and not a guest, so I don't have to kiss your ass. Um, but your <laughs> games are fun. I, I don't, yeah, they're a lot of fun. I enjoyed playing them. This was no different. I mean, pretty much it. This is probably the hardest game of yours that I've played. Usually, I'm, I do really, really well on your games. This one was not so much in my wheelhouse, which is fine that happens and you know you can't have a streak of 70 days without losing all the time so you have to lose sometimes and that's just the nature of the game yeah losing yeah. sometimes make it makes the winning streak that much more unbelievable that's what makes the headlines right Every, everybody loves when the losers go on a, on a win streak Jason, what you, what you got yeah I, I enjoyed it um it was frustrating in the sense that you gave us so much information and yet we had to like that's sometimes almost too much where you're trying to like parse everything out of it but no i i really enjoyed it they were well written questions i had a good time eric walling did you get a chance to speak mary go ahead uh, mary mary belated christmas to whoever is listening to this yes this is supposed to come out we hope you got all the starter jackets that you wish 
that you wished for this year? Thank you to my secret Santa for my lovely gift that I don't know what they are yet. No, they're right here. Oh, but I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have them in a special place so that I don't get pizza grease on them. So they're over there. You have to have a special place to not get pizza grease on them. Yeah, dude, you've never <laughs> seen me eat pizza. It's, 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 it gets pretty wild. There's one spot in this place that doesn't have pizza grease. That's where it is. That's right. Ironically, it's right under the pizza box. I don't know. I don't know how that works. It's like an umbrella. Yeah, pizza grease umbrella. Scott's got to be careful. He's sitting under the Christmas tree, like eating his pizza, trying not to get it all over the tree and all over the gifts. Yeah, that's what he's leaving right. for Santa. Like a squirrel eats a nut. He's just no, I'm eating all the pizza. I guess that just leaves it for me to get us out of here. So thank you all for <laughs> listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yeah. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.